basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. This three-pointer. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Welcome to the ultimate super coach and fantasy sports show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Good afternoon or good evening wherever you are. I am Matty G from Insight Fantasy Sports and welcome to our NBA debut. I'm here with three of the fine, fine gentlemen. You can see down beneath me, this bloke down here, this, this is... Big brain time. It is big brain time. This is Nathan Brain down in the bottom corner. If you ask whose horse is that, it's our horse. It is the biggest of them all. That is Dell. And of course, this guy is pretty much responsible this way. It's opposites. It's this bloke over on this side of me. It's a tale of two Maddies. And he's pretty much the reason all of us blokes are sitting here today. Are you guys ready to enter the Matrix? Exactly. It is the Matrix right there. Maddie, how are you, Maddie? Yeah, fantastic. Had a uh, had a good run today. Um, the footy's just about to be on, and um, excited to have an early look at the um, at the NBA at the basketball. And 150 k's driven over the weekend to watch the uh, your Bronx and my Bronx just narrowly get a W against the Knights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I had some. I had the sweats, and it wasn't from meat this time. So. <laughs> He does love his ribs today. Look, we just we want to cut straight down to the business this afternoon. We'll give you a small sample of what's to come. Uh, Matty and I are the reason most of us all blokes know each other. We were playing in Core Conqueror on NBA 2K, going for a LeBron jersey that I had to buy in real life eventually as well. We were like trying to play these two random blokes on the mic. Who's, who's that? Wait, are you an Australian? We're so used to hearing Kiwis crashing the server, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we ended up having a chat. And we've only become mates. A few years later, we're sitting here and we are bringing you inside fantasy sports. So we're very proud to bring in the NBA. Uh, it's something we're all passionate about. Um, I know that because we were playing 2K when we met. So basketball is a thing for all of us. And to give you the best insight, we want to talk about dominoes and how it's going to shake out this year with NBA free agency. Uh, Matty, uh, I met you first. So you first up on the die, buddy. Biggest things you're thinking of that's coming in this NBA free agency so far this year and how it's going to impact fantasy sports. Yeah, the I suppose an intro a little bit is the way that I approach drafts and things. Uh, say James Harden gets moved. It's probably a little risky at his age for me to draft him in a similar position as to where he is, unless it's clean cut. Oh, wait, is that, early, probably... is that an early? Is that an early hot take? Hold on, hold on. Is that an early hot hot take? Is that an early hot take? You are not going it, to be having James Harden in the first round? I won't be having James Harden in my team. Somebody else will value him more than me. All right, all right. Yeah, so, and and looking at that, I'll be more looking at who's going to fill said gentleman's shoes. You know, if Chris Paul gets moved, um, do I want Chris Paul at the 40, 50 ADP that he had last, last year? Probably not. I'll probably let somebody else take that risk, and then I'll be looking at, say, the guy that's going to be replacing him, whether it's, you know, in a sign-and-trade, whether it's um, whether it's one of the guys that they have in their depth chart. That's just the way that I approach it, so. Beautiful. Big deal. What about you, mate? Like, you've been you've been a newer player to fantasy the last few seasons since we met, and you've mm. come in, you've made some very big moves in some competitive leagues. 
How are you looking at free agency this year? Who have you got your eye on where they're going to fall and what ripples that could have in the NBA? Yeah, so last season I took a few flyers in my draft. So I ended up picking up Markinen. got him in one league in the fifth round and another league in the sixth round. And also Jamal Murray. He also went, I've got notes here, seventh round and eighth round for me. So it's these sorts of players that I value deep in a draft, sort of your, your depth players. And we've seen what Jamal Murray's done this final series. He's really come on, and that one-two punch with him and Jokic has been unbelievable. Uh, for next season, so this year I probably focused a little bit too much on blocks, blocks and rebounds instead of looking at my three-point percentage, my three-pointers made. So I'll be looking at those hybrid-type players to, to fill my roles a little bit more. Nice, mate, nice. nice. Um, Nate, what about you, mate? You're a big NBA punter. You're an Atlanta Hawks fan. God rest in peace for you. Um, tell us, mate, what uh, you love about most about the NBA. I'll forget you said that, mate. It's okay. I'll forgive you this one time. And I'll it's, forget uh, that you drafted Trey Young instead of uh, Luca Doncic. That's fine. Well, Luca was way gone before I picked Trey Young, but uh, that's a conversation for another day. Um, I, I, if we're talking free agency, I think there's a lot of moves that need to be made before we start to see what's really going to be happening. Um, you know, the, the one person I'm really looking at is James Harden. I know that Maddie mentioned him earlier. Uh, that could trigger a lot of movement. So I'm trying not to look into too much of, of what's happening in free agents until we see where Harden ends up, because that, that will probably create a, a fair bit of movement in free agency across, across the board. And, and I mean, look, it's really hard not to look at Houston having 48 million in cap space. It's it's one of those things that's just so glaringly obvious that it, it makes sense for him and for them to make that move. But again, we've we've seen some wilder things happen in the NBA, haven't we? So we're just going to have to stay tuned. Yeah, it is a wild one. And look, again, it's all about the dominoes. And we'll touch on that later with the Houston situation. Uh, new coach, new direction. And as you said, cap space up for Yang. So they are really capable of making any move in the NBA. We'll do a show, uh, I guess, very soon. Uh, Maddie, I think you're going to want to hop into this one because one of the things that you and I are very, very, yes, we'll do a little bit of a standard squeeze. Um, you and I are very proud of it. It's drafting really well and doing that research. I guess it's an opportunity. So we'll be looking for sleepers where people won't be looking for sleepers. It's kind of that, like, I guess the where it correlates is where the opportunity presents for a player who hasn't had that opportunity yet. Even in Portland right now, you're looking at guys like Anthony Simons. Like, he's had a bit of run here and there. If Dame goes with the draft and they get him rid of, they're, they're going to be stacked with young talent and putting it out there very much. So we're, we're going to get onto that one. Um, we've talked about that one. That does open up then, I guess, for the rookies coming into the NBA season and what potential dominoes that could have when we're switching it around. Um, who do you like so far that you've seen, Nathan? Like, apart from obviously a bloke from France. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Wemby's obviously the number one pick, isn't he? He's going to the Spurs. That's that's pretty much uncontested. I'll tell you what the most important topic is, though, today. Uh, do Orlando, with pick 11, end up with the Suggs-Dick combo? Because that's probably one of the most important talking points, I think, over the next few weeks and uh, months leading important. into the draft. A Suggsy-Dick point is very important. Um, do you reckon they will? Maddie, what do you reckon? Man, I, I don't think that. I actually think Orlando and Indiana – would it makes the most sense for them to try and move up in the draft for blokes like Scooter Henderson and um, and Miller there? I think those guys will make the play, and maybe in an attempt, some teams like Portland um, will try and trade down, get some more players to try and get some help to try and convince Dame to stay. Um, I actually 
don't think, even though we know that there is, we have a draft order right now. That's not set. And it's not set for me. I really think that there's going to be some moves, whether it be draft day, whether it be just before. So, CEO lottery, if uh, I'm the CEO of Portland, am I blowing it up? Am I keeping Dane? Mick, what are you doing? Just 50 50 yeah. call. What are you doing? Yep. Yeah, I'm blowing it up. I'm blowing, blowing it, up. it up. Why? Lillard's been such a, a good, fantastic servant of that uh, basketball club for so many years. I don't think that with the assets they have, they're going to be able to draw enough talent to be able to be top level this year. So why not reward him and go, here you go, ship him off to a contender, get some nice young assets back, and then build around Simmons. I really like Thiable as that defensive guard on that side. Reddish, that, they could be two of the best wing um, defensive guards, forwards in the comp working together. I agree with you. I agree with you right there. And I reckon Sharp showed so much potential Absolutely. and he's handcuffed Shame. right now. And if they moved up, mate, he's I'm ooh, he's exciting. He is a dynamic young player, mate. You're spot on. I'm going in that direction. Yep. Reno, you? Blow it up. Yeah. Please. I'm blowing it up too. I'm with Mickey Dell on this one. And and I love yep. the the way that he mentioned Cam Reddish. Still gives me shivers from the 2K days when, when Mick mm. used to pick up Cam Reddish on NBA 2K in my league every single week. And uh, he would go and put Hoff, Hoff clamps on him and uh, just lock me up every single time I played him. So that, yeah, I'm still trying. I've got a bit of PTSD trying to get over that. But um, on, on a Portland level, I'm blowing it up because potentially that Scoot Henderson could go to three. The reality is we've got, they've got Brandon Miller. He, he fits in at Charlotte around LaMelo Ball. I mean, are you going to really go and draft Scoot Henderson at two when you've already got LaMelo? Like Scoot's a very dominant guard. Uh, ball dominant guard so I'd say they probably take Miller with two which means Portland end up with Scoot Henderson the question then needs to be can him and Dame Lillard exist on the same team and I don't think they can and it doesn't really make sense for them to draft him and you're not letting him drop he'll be the best available at three there's there's three guys in this draft that are a different league to the rest I think Um, so that's going to be the question I guess is is where Dame ends up over the next few months or whether they let Scoot drop. Speaking Maddie, of PTSD, <laughs> speaking of PTSD, Brano, I've got a question for you. Does Scoot and Dame give you Trey and DeJounte vibes? Yes, it does. Yeah. This is actually, I, I won't, I, I won't yeah. talk about it now mm-hmm. too much, but I don't think that worked. I think that experiment failed, the, the DeJounte yeah. and, and Trey experiment. Um, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. I'm, All right. That I'm also going to play... I'm also going to play devil's advocate. I'd keep it together if I was Portland. I just know, um, and you know what? I know Matty Garrett is a a Lakers fan, so he's used to, you know. Oh, that's a debatable topic. That's a debatable topic. Playing prime time and all those uh, all those discussions there about these big time teams. It's big to make moves there. I think yeah. you hold on to a guy as talented as Dame, and I know, like very valid point, Mick said. Let's do Dame a service. Let's just ask him what he wants. He keeps saying that he wants to stay in Portland. Uh, let's get a Miller or somebody like that to work around him, or maybe trade a Miller to one of these elite teams. You know, take some of the best players from Orlando. Take some of the best players from uh, Indiana and try and try and help the big dog out. Try and get maybe a Miles Turner. Um, let's see what we can do. Wait a minute. That's the smartest that. thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. <laughs> I'll leave you with this before we move on, uh, Matty G. 
is he just saying that he wants to stay because he's the good guy, he wants to do the right thing, or is he just saying he wants to stay there to keep his trade value high for the organisation? Yeah, both. I think both. Uh, Dame is a humble servant. Uh, like, let's not forget, he's also on Team LeBron. Like, uh, like I haven't seen Space Jam. It's a new legacy. I'm fine with the old one, but I know he's in it. And there was big talk last year. So, if we, like, I always like to think about what's the stuff we've heard before the season before. Because if it doesn't happen that season, when does it happen? And... Look, I'm not a Lakers fan. Like, my team was the Charlotte Hornets, like you, Mickey Dell, way back in the day. And then some idiot took them to New Orleans. So I was left without a team. I come up watching basketball with the Hornets, the Magic, and the Bulls. Like, back in the 90s, those were the Eastern and the Bobcats. teams. <laughs> I, I got some Shemba. I got, I got some I got some Shemba Kemba about that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that was an absolutely <laughs> unmitigated disaster. Um so look, I reckon he's playing good soldier. Look, he's got value no matter where he goes. If if I'm a if I'm a GM and you tell me that Damian Lillard, even though he's aging, he's still going to be out there playing basketball. He showed you his value to a team last year when he played. They shut him down. And for anyone who drafted Damian Lillard in the first round last year, I would be reticent to probably do the same thing this year if he stays in form. So big thing for me is I am absolutely here's an early hot take for me. I am not I am not drafting Damian Lillard in the first round if he is in Portland this year. They will shut him down again, come and be like come fantasy playoffs. He's gone. He's out the window. You're wasting a pick there. And yeah, that that's that's true value for any team that gets him later on in the draft. That's what I'm saying. I think he's right. Look, at the end of the day, Charlotte can make him absolute mincer of things. So we're looking at that. Big board right now. You got the Spurs. They're taking women. That's done. The Hornets are getting back Miles Bridges. They've got Lamelo Ball. So I'm not sure the owner cares about the team so much anymore. But we've all heard the rumors. Michael Jordan wants to sell them, right? Like so. Let's say Jordan's looking for a to buy and get out of the uh, Lamelo Ball business. You could probably remove Lamelo and bring in Scoot. I reckon Scoot's probably got better long term potential in the NBA than Lamelo Ball. I think Lamelo has got talents and flash, and that's great for Lamelo Ball. We all use his base in 2K23. Good on you, Lamelo. But that's apparently about as far as my love goes. Oh, and his Rick and Morty shoes are pretty nice. If you're saying that Michael Jordan doesn't care about the team, doesn't he keep Lamelo because he's got that X factor? He's he sells jerseys. He's um, marketable. I would I he's would marketable. argue that if Michael Jordan. Um, really doesn't care about bar- the basketball, which we know he does at a certain, uh, to a certain point, then yeah. he's keeping Lamella. He's keeping the guy that sells jerseys. He's keeping the guy that puts bums on seats. Um, Scoot Henderson's a bit of a question mark, um, whereas Lamello Ball, I've seen Lamello Ball live. It's yeah. electric. It's great to yeah. watch. That's just a question that I've got. Like, I think that, Michael I think Jordan a new would a new owner move him. Would a new would a new owner move him? You have Lamelo. If you can get back a really high rated talent and no Scoot's great, would you take him? So let's say Charlotte takes Miller, keeps Lamelo. Scoot's going to fall to Portland. They're not going to let him go past number three, like you said, Brano. You're spot on. If he somehow falls into the lap, let's say Portland looks for a what? Who are they going to take? One of the Thompson twins. Probably they they they've got three right. Like, they probably can take Miller. 
Mm. They've got three. Yeah, they, like there's no way. I'm looking. I'm looking through my draft board already. I mean, Hendricks. If they is, keep Le, early, if they keep Lamella, Miller's gone. Like if yeah. if Le, if they plan on keeping Lamelo to stay, the best guy to play beside Lamelo is Miller, isn't it, Matty? Yes. Yeah, but Mick, yeah. you're bringing back Miles Bridges, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yep. So then, yeah, I think right now though, Miles Bridges has no trade currency in the NBA. He's just had Correct. the year off. He's got the off-field stuff or off-court stuff. So, uh, sorry, I think he needs to play some decent basketball, show that he can be relevant again. You know, he, he was coming on really well. His three-point percentage improved. I guess he's just his on-court feel improved as well. His stats across the board went up, and then he's had the year off. So he needs to come back and show that he's still got that to have that trade value in order to be either moved on again or to be part of that core in Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we're all looking at right now is uh, an absolutely wide-open top three. And if someone makes a misstep, it's going to absolutely have massive ripple effects across the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that leads us to be like we're we're four games into the NBA Finals, and the Denver Nuggets are going to win that one. And for all those who put the uh, bet on a four-one split, they're looking very good because aren't they beautiful? Oh, aren't you beautiful? Woo, Mickey Dell. That was you. That was yeah. your money. Yeah, yeah. I slipped in a four-one Denver Nuggets way. NBA Finals. Yeah, I believed it was always going to be one-sided, but it was never going to be a sweep. Jimmy Butler has been playing too well for it to be a sweep. They had to get their shooting together at some point. It was that one game, and they nearly blew it. They were 12 up with, what, a minute 40 to go, and, you know, Jamal had a three on the buzzer to tie it and take it to overtime. So 4-1 is what I expected. Denver, I think, has clearly been the best team this year. That altitude that they have, that home court advantage, is a distinct advantage, and I think it's done next game. You'll see Jokic MVP, Denver win it, and Mike Malone will be the toast of the country. Michael Malone, because if we refer to him as Mike, we might get abused. Um, <laughs> Breno, uh, I'm asking takes around this one. What have you enjoyed the most? And can I ask you this? I've got to ask a question. If MPJ and the Nuggets played like this last round, do we see a different team in the NBA? Look, I, I still don't think so. But MPJ, what like he he's been pretty ordinary, hasn't he? It's, it's he's, he's had a like, he's had a he's had a really tough series, and they've still done it easy, to be honest. So I mean, that kind of shows you that I mean, look, everyone's talking about Nikola Jokic, and for good reason. The Blake's Finals MVP, probably well deserved MVP winner this year. Um, yeah. But that's another topic for another day. I, I think he probably deserved that a little bit more than Joel Embiid, but. Um, Jamal Murray and uh, and Nikola Jokic have done this by themselves, essentially. And I think no one's talking enough about Jamal Murray and what he's done this this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's averaging, I mean, like 20 odd, 24, 25 points a game, but that's four, four games in a row that he's had four assists, uh, 10 assists in a game. So triple he's double. doing, yeah, and, and a triple double as well. He's, he's doing a lot. And uh, everyone's talking about Jokic because the guy's a freak. But I think Jamal Murray probably deserves his chocolates just as much as as Jokic this series. Yeah, absolutely. He's been. Would you say probably they're up for debate as the best NBA duo right now, Maddie? Oh, I don't know if I can get past you know 
Tyus Jones and Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones starter for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I just don't know if I can get past that. But, um, yeah, look, definitely in the – there is nobody more dangerous in a pick and roll than Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and let's just leave it at that. Um, I I think anything that I can say about it is, look, from a fantasy standpoint, Jokic has just shown that he is the clear number one. If he isn't the number one in every single... If you're thinking about not picking Jokic, trade your draft pick because everybody should want Nikola Jokic with the number one pick next year, um, much like they probably should have last year. And Jamal Murray, look, he was the 58th best player last year. Maybe they've just shown that, um, you know... Getting past this injury, he can just come back to a spot where he can be the 30th, the 40th best player. Um, maybe maybe he's a steal coming in this next draft. Yeah, look, I've got, I know. I've got, I've got some notes here on that. Yeah. In the last six weeks of our season, Jamal Murray yeah. was ranked at, before that, 227th. And in the last six weeks, he was ranked at 38th. Yeah. So that's, if you're playing 12 team leagues, that's, you know, end of third, start of fourth round type of pick there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. He was one of those guys that come back from injury. I know that. I mean, I had Jaron Jackson Jr. I picked him up. I have to go back and look at where I picked him up in one of our leagues. It, it, that was in the league that we all played in together. Mm-hmm. I picked him up pretty late. I did. I did. I picked him up um, pretty late, and I heard whispers that he was coming back early. And like you know, when a whisper comes out, like it's a whisper, so it's a punt. Like you know, you have a I believe firmly in drafts about taking an injured guy. If you can, because if you draft really well, Maddie, I know that you're a massive bloke on this one. Drafting well is like absolutely essential. You know, you're not going to be playing every single player every single night. So there's going to be bench guys. So I looked at like, if I can survive by drafting really well and get a top end talent later in a draft, I'm taking them in a very healthy round. Uh, Triple J was like top 15 last month of the season. And with all the fiasco that's going on, he's just going to be absolute value. Yeah, I took him in the seventh round last year. Yeah, how like good? Seventh round. Like that was like that's yeah. a massive deal. Like that's just I see value in that every time I'm looking at I'm an NBA. Player. All right, so we said we were going to play like um, 2022, 23 draft of Palooza. And in the red yeah. cup, we've got four balls. Uh, I'll go number one, Maddie two, uh, Brano three, um, and Mickey Dell four. Um, boom, boom. Let's pump it up. Uh, number two, or a very poorly drawn number one on a round surface. So that's you, Matty. Uh, mate, what is, give us one of the three points you were asked to prepare for this year. Yep. Number one. Um, so Kyrie Irving was the ninth best player on a game-to-game yep. basis, and he had an average draft position of 28 on ESPN. I know there were a lot of question marks, but guys that took a punt on Kyrie Irving were probably playing in uh, finals basketball when it comes to the NBA fantasy season. Um, I think he was really good throughout the year. He got traded and still performed really well. Hey, what's that got to show that sometimes you just need to take a punt on one of these guys? You know, there's some really exciting guys. Like, do you take someone like Wemby where there's question marks? Or do you just take a proven gun in Kyrie Irving if they're both sitting beside each other at 25? Yeah, I believe you're absolutely spot on right there. Uh, Number four. Is the next ball out of the cup? That's you, Mictel. What do you reckon? What's one of your key takeaways from last season, mate? My biggest takeaway was if you draft well, you should resist the urge to try and improve your team too soon. 
Oh, right. so You're for beautiful. Me, drafted Embiid, Markinen, Barnes, Jamal Murray, and I had a really solid team, sort of ticked off a lot of categories. And I got impatient and wanted to shore up my rebounds, my blocks. So I ended up trading Embiid because I thought he was going to get injured. He started to look a little bit slow at the end of December, early January. And threw in Markinen and Barnes to pick up Butler, Adebayo, Duren, and there was one more. I can't remember who that was. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. And then you flip Mikhail Bridges over to me. Good chance. So then, Good chance yeah, I did. I made so, a lot of moves. So for me, if I had held on to a strong team that like I did well trading, uh, drafting, sorry, so I ended up finishing second in a league and third in another league. Keeping that strong core together probably would have helped me win it. So for me, a big, strong takeaway is if you draft well, be patient. Some, sometimes it's not what you spend, it's what you save. Is that what you said? Spot on. Yeah. I'll grab that one. Uh, it's you, Brona. Three. I did mention... Up, which means I'll be number... I'll go next. Go, Matt. I did mention Mikhail Bridges, uh, and that was a part of Mickey Dell's trade deal with me. Um, I, I think we underrate availability being the best ability. And when you look at a guy like Mikhail Bridges who plays 82 games a year, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, he's still yet to miss an NBA game in his career across... You're right, because the last game, he subbed in for one second, fouled, and left the game. Yep, to to make sure he kept that streak alive. So, And, I mean, look, that doesn't do much for you for NBA fantasy, does it, especially at the end of the season. But uh, luckily, fantasy's done by then. So, I I mean, for me, I drafted Mikhail Bridges. uh, I think I got him 75th last year. Um, So I got him very late. And I'm, I've been pretty high on Macau Bridges. I've got a hot take for Macau Bridges that I'll keep for a little bit later, but I, I, I think he's in for another big year. And I think also we need to remember now the changes that have come from him moving over to Brooklyn. And I think there's going to be some big uh, opportunity for him over at Brooklyn. His usage is going to go through the roof. Uh, looking at his, I won't go through his stats now. We'll save it for later. But Macau Bridges is definitely going to get slept on, but but could go pretty early, I think, next year. All right, I'll, I might say that's actually feeds into my hot take about Mikael Bridges. So I'm looking forward to that one Good. later on. Um, my big one, and you guys know I'm high on this one, and this is where one of the points in the road that like you always get a bit of uh, differing opinion here. Um, I love rookies. I, I love drafting a rookie. I think if you can find potential there in what they're doing and their opportunity presents itself, take them because you'll get them for value and you can end up getting really high value really late on. And I think, um, look, I've taken guys in the past that have done me well. Jalen Williams this year and Jabari Smith Jr. Now, Jabari Smith had a stinker. I actually put him in that trade with Mick Dell, funnily enough. I um, I offloaded him at some point because I was asleep. He was probably the first rookie that I've been like, oh, I've got to stop trusting you like halfway through the season. <laughs> I'm like, please, God, make a shot. He would rise up. Watching him from the corner sometimes, I'd sit, I got, legitimately, I got Kevin Durant vibes from watching him play sometimes. Just with his length and athleticism and his ability to rise up on a jump shot and his stroke was absolutely amazing. But there was an on-court incident with him and Jalen Green early on the season and they had a bit of a tiff and it just never healed itself in Houston. And you'd see him standing there sometimes and, and Greeny playing some iso ball because he's amazing and one of the biggest disappointments of last season for me. Um, 
So I love a rookie, and I'm saying Jalen Williams in OKC, the better Jalen. Yeah. My hot take Thanks is that people are going to jump on him so soon this coming season, and they shouldn't. I do not see him bringing back the same value in OKC that he did last year. 100%. People are going to think, oh, he's great. He's the 3 and D. He's the new Mikhail Bridges. He's not. The opportunity is not going to be there. They, have, they just played a season without Chet Holger. Minute Minutes going to change opportunity, but also shot opportunity. He might rack up some more defensive stats like prime Phoenix Suns, Mikhail. But I just don't see that being there for a whole bunch of people who are really pumped about him. So my number one takeaway is, that was really great to ride for the year. He's an absolute superstar and a brilliant talent. He has a gorgeous head of hair, but don't draft him too soon thinking that he's Mikhail Bridges 2.0. That brings us back to you then, uh, Maddie. Got another one for us? Yeah, uh, Miles Turner. And I know us boys play in, you know, like category leagues. Um, so pretty much straight away you're winning, winning in the block sleeve. And he was drafted, which I was amazed because in most of the comps that I was in, uh, he was drafted in that 30 to 40 range. But his ADP uh, was actually 68 on ESPN, and he was the 22nd best player uh, going around. So you've got him at an absolutely absolute steal if you've reached for him uh, and got him in, you know, that sort of 37, 40, 50 range. And uh, you're just getting a lot of value. And I suppose when you have a look, like there's so many NBA, I suppose, fans, um, NBA fantasy players that are looking at teams, and I'm going to throw shade on Matty Garrett again, um, sure you, you know, that are watching the Lakers, the Bulls, like all these guys that come on TV. Like if you've got a KO subscription, you're not watching too many Indiana Pacers games. Um, yeah, you probably just need to familiar familiarize yourself with some of these teams that won't be playing playoff basketball, uh, but they're the guys that you're going to make a move on in the draft. Like if you've drafted him at his ADP at 68, you are absolutely laughing. You probably won the comp last year. So 100%, 100%. And we'll be doing a cut like a show on every single team across the NBA and finding your value. Look, yeah, I'm an, I'm an old head. I just like LeBron from way back in the day. So I'm more of a LeBron shit fan than anyone else. I'm shit staring I know you are, I'll but, continue to do it uh, all year. This is the truth. So I've also, you will, but I've never drafted LeBron. I'll give my whole take. Never draft a player you like more than what you want to get value for. Because I've never drafted LeBron. Um, and that comes back to you shit staring me. Because I said Austin Reeves weeks ago will be a legitimate NBA player this coming season. And you want to draft him and look for him. Now, he's had an absolute breakout. I reckon LeBron's going to go down for a month or two with his foot surgery. Austin Reeves is going to be absolutely minted for it, but he's going to, like, screw his ADP. So that's why you don't want him at the same time because you're not going to get I like him. I'm not Taylor Swift, man. Like, you don't need to sell him to me. Like, We have to sell you Taylor Swift? (laughs) No, no, Taylor Swift's smashing him. So, um... (laughs) Is that... Wait... Is Taylor Swift and Austin Reeves a thing? Yeah, they were spotted no. together. Yes, yeah, they were spotted together. This is fantastic. <laughs> Live on air. Oh, mate. I only heard about that bloke from the Nationals and then I heard they broke up, but she's obviously moved on. Vicky uh, Dell, we'll move on to you. What about what are your hot takes for this, uh, from last year? What are your big takeaways that you're going to look for for the next season? One of the big takeaways is probably my biggest regret 
in Ooh. I saw that Brooke Lopez was still there late in the draft and I didn't pick him. And he his defensive stats were unbelievable this season with Milwaukee. Sure, he's not going to be there this season, but looking forward to the to the draft coming up, in, in a late round scenario, I'm probably looking at someone who can who has played some decent basketball before that other people might be overlooking. Brooke Lopez, I believe you traded him, Maddie, and you were bloody stoked with him. Is that right? Uh, no, I picked him up at the draft. I actually, just you saying that now, I'm bringing him up where I got him. I got him in our Yahoo League player history. Here we go. I got him in the 12th round with the 12th pick. So I got him with the last pick of the 12th round. Um, oh, mate, he's just a monster. Mm. He can stroke a three, get hit to block shots. He doesn't rebound well for a setup, to be fair. Um, but his field goal percentage and his free throw percentage are really high, which counters that center point of um, being in that one. But yeah, good, yeah, good shout, mate. Yeah. What about you, uh, Brenner? It kind of fits in with my first point in yep. talking about Mikael Bridges being available and uh, availability being the best ability. And I, I think I went away from that a little bit, especially in the Yahoo League that we did together. Uh, I drafted LeBron. I also drafted Bradley Beal, uh, Gordon Hayward. You know, um, mm. I, I, I took a few punts on some guys potentially that if they stayed healthy would have worked out quite well for me. But the reality is when you look at it, they were never going to stay healthy. They were always going to have a lot of time on the sidelines. And uh, it, it's tough to win matchups across seven days when you've got 60% of your squad available. So I think I'm going to probably steer clear of a lot of those guys that will probably be spending time on the sideline or, or have a, a bit of a, I guess, history uh, of injury. Yeah, nice. Um, I'll get one. Um, my next hot take would probably be that um, Devin Vassell is going to have the NBA season you wanted him to have last year, this year. I think you're looking at picking up a guy like he had an injury plague season last year. I'm picking him up this season. I'm looking at that. I'm not taking Wemba Nyama as, uh, as a bad point for him. I'm looking at a, someone to take the offensive pressure off. Um, you're going to have a really great young squad. And if they can bring someone in with the money they've got in San Antonio, I'm just going to see where his value is. I picked him up last year in our Yahoo League. I'm just bringing up that history. I picked him up in both leagues, actually. I think I traded him with you, Mikdell, as part of that blockbuster, just because he was unavailable to me and I knew he was coming back. But I really wanted to get some... Um, some value. I picked him up in the fifth round um, last year. I just think he's going to have a better season with some of the offensive pressure off him. Um, I think having Wembenyama there is going to be great. It's going to be able to space the floor a little bit. He's going to be able to cook so much more uh, than he did previously. And I'm just looking for him to have a bit of a bounce back season with all those injuries away next year. So I'm not taking my eyes off guys like that. Like, like Maddie said, it's about the opportunity that presents itself. And sometimes adding a player is better for you. It's going to open up looks. It's going to open up the floor. People are going to want to put it in Wembenyama's mouth. They're going to come out trying to fire for this guy as well. Exactly what I said, Matt. They're going to want to shut him down a little bit and, and stop that hype train. So if he's, he's a great passer. So he's going to be like, you can use him as a Jokic in that high pick and roll, and he'll be speed dishing off those. Boys. So I reckon, I think Vassell will have the, the season you anticipated, that late fourth, early sixth round window that he was in last year, I think you could look for him to have that season this coming year. Matty, your third point? My third point, and 
later on I'll have a chat about the San Antonio Spurs and um, a take mm-hmm. I have for that team that doesn't involve Devin Vassell. Nice. Um, and Anthony Edwards, man, um, he had a 14 ADP, an 11 on Yahoo, and sorry, a 14 on ESPN. I'm an ESPN guy. I know Maddie's a um, a Yahoo guy, which Yahoo. I suppose gives you your point of call as we go through the season. But he's the 37th best player. And just trusting, I suppose, a guy that was playing for a bad team, and he's a shooter. Um, just sort of didn't finish. And I think, like, the hype was Anthony Edwards, a super young guy. Look, he shot three uh, three-pointers, uh, scored 24 points a game, had an average amount of assists, four, four and a half, had 1.5 steals and a, and a few blocks. And I think just – I think if you're drafting Anthony Edwards, you're buying into the hype train. Just let's go with somebody that's playing for a team that you know he's going to get that amount of shots. Um, yes, Anthony Edwards got a lot of shots, but that's because these Timberwolves were pretty bad. And adding Gobert didn't make them better. Like, I think most NBA fans would sit there and go, man, that's a big question mark, adding Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. And I know that's not Anthony Edwards, but it was a shit, shit show there. And Anthony Edwards was at times their best player, but yeah, not somebody that with your 14th, 11th, obviously they're getting drafted at the eighth pick if their average draft position is the 11th pick. Uh, let's just be a bit smarter and make some safe decisions early and then take the risks later on. Do you think the uh, Timberwolves keep Conley? He's partly guaranteed this 23-24 yeah. season, $24 million. Do you reckon they trade him out by the end of the season, opening up a window for Ant? No. Or do you reckon they he is him? The, how, how much better did they play since they moved D'Lo yeah. for Conley? Like, oh, Conley is an absolute gun. Um, and you're a Grizzlies fan from way back, so you've got obviously deep love. Come on. I've got I've got signed Conley jerseys. I've got signed Conley basketballs. Like, yeah, absolutely mm. love the guy. And, um, yeah, didn't actually love them moving him on. But yeah. in the twilight of his career, if he can make all those younger players around him better, um, I would be keeping Conley. How much better are they without D'Lo? Oh. Like the guy's a bit of a head case. Anybody that's dated a, um, a Kardashian, uh, I don't want in my team. So so you're not a booker guy? No, nah, not a booker guy. Or Ben Simmons or Blake Griffin or? No, nah. <laughs> no, not a chance. I hate Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> now you got some people up for Tristan Thompson. Mickey Dell, what about you, mate? What's one of your yeah. key takeaways from last season? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on Matty O here. Timberwolves yeah. looked a far better team with a lot more space and a floor general like Mike Conley on the side. So my hot take slash big call is that Carly Anthony Towns gets traded before the start of the season. I think we've seen that Cat's not built for the big moment in Minnesota. The team worked fairly well without him there. And in fact, their record improved without him in the side. So they're going to look to move him potentially for another wing defender, uh, someone who can potentially play points as well. They've got Conley, but they have no real depth outside of Naz Reed on the bench. Yeah, they've got Jalen Noel, but he's really hot and cold. I think they look to move him on. They bring back some more pieces that will overall make them a lot stronger. But, yeah, the key takeaway from this and piggybacking off Matt is Cap won't be there come the start of the season. 
Yeah, look, they're doubling down on Edwards. He's just changed his agency as well from Clutch Sports. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's he's getting re-signed. He's going to get a max deal. He is like one of the hottest young properties in the NBA. So, and, and to, to agree with that, obviously they want Rudy Gobert. They paid so much for Rudy Gobert. They mortgaged their future for Rudy they Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like obviously the. I think in their heads they've already made the decision between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Mick's just speaking it. Yeah, 100%. Rayna, what about you, brother? Yeah, agree on the cat thing, for sure. Um, Matty, Matty Omar, I like this one. Tyus Jones, in nine games without Ja Morant last year, averaged 10, 3, mm-hmm. and 7 in his nine games. I reckon you can pick him up in the top 60. I reckon he'll be a top 60 fantasy asset by the time Ja Morant comes back. Rate it. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Now, I just think no, from I just I just think what's from the what band? Okay, what's the band? What's the band? What is the band? All right, let's get a consensus. Matt, you're saying this first, Brano. What is the band that the NBA because Silver's got a B and he's wanted about this? They did him a solid the last time with the fake rehab. You don't go to rehab for five days and come out like, hey, guess what? I don't drink alcohol and play with guns anymore. This, yeah. <laughs> they also this, said this his, uh, his management and all of his people came out and said it was a toy gun as well, which is uh, yeah. not very believable. But anyway, we'll move past that. It was it was a toy gun. Yeah, let's, let's just say it is. You, Mick? I'm Mick. coming out. Yep. You're, you're raising your hand in class. Go on. It's Come done. Out. Season. He's done for the season. season. I, think there's a lot, I think there's a lot more behind the scenes that's going on. I think they went real lightly on him last time. I believe that there was some sort of probation put in place where your suspension is going to be off put. He only got the nine games and there was a bit of uproar about that, but I believe there's probably games in that as well that will come into the next suspension. I wouldn't be surprised if it's season. I also wouldn't be surprised if the NBA gives the Grizzlies some sort of uh, monetary compensation to replace him if Mm -hmm. they're, if they're ruling him out for the season. Um, the, the NBA have always been pretty good at, I suppose those fringe teams, like, like the Grizzlies, like they've always been there, but they've never quite been there. Blokes like Portland, everybody like that. Um, they'll be trying to look after them to try and keep the fan base happy. Look, I think he could get a year as well, uh, which is why I'll be looking at Tyce Jones in drafts exactly the same Mm -hmm. as what Brano said, but. Yeah, you can't condone that. Look, if you opened your NBA app last year, Ja Morant was the cover photo. Yeah. That's how big of a deal this is. Yeah, 100%. And, and that goes back to he's like one of these new faces of the NBA. He's got the he's got his first Nike shoe out. He's one of the new brigade. Like, you look at Nike. Like, when we came up, who are we, who are we wearing? We're wearing KD shoes, LeBron shoes the last few years. Kyrie, there's a fan that I was, now. We- he's off. I was wearing Conley's because, you know, I listen to Triple J, so... I thought you were on big baller brand. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were on the Delador over. Um, I've Dallas. got, I've got a pair of them. I know you know you stacking them down deep. Um, look, he's like you, you. look at the new guard, and it's and you look at what's happening. The same draft class Zion. I know Rano and I were just talking off air earlier on. Jeez, baby mama and another baby mama, and you know the whole talk about he's like big, big dog's got to eat. <laughs> he's eating real well, and that's part of his problem. And that's part of his problem. And if these people are putting in their text messages on Twitter that they're trying to get him to lose the weight, like it's in his consciousness. My That feeds onto my, I guess, my one. I don't reckon Zion's in New Orleans by the end of the season. I, I, he's done. Ooh. I think he's, 
Ooh, look at your face, Matt. You're stupid. Yeah, that's yeah. the look. Is like no, I reckon that I reckon, I think that there's a hot, there is a, there is a there is a parallel universe where Zion Williamson gets moved because he's it's, not healthy for a long time. Is that because there's no girls in Phoenix? Is that where he's going? Oh, I don't know where he's going. I, I don't know you, where he's going. I'll tell you who's got cap space: Houston. Uh, we know why James Harden likes to play Ooh. in Houston. So mm-hmm. there you go. He's got man's he's got, got eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Magic City. I heard they got great ribs there. Yeah, good chicken wings um, as well. And one of those po' boy sandwiches. Look, I don't, I, I don't think Zion's going to be a pelican for. They've got a great team without him and potential. They've got a lot of young talent coming through. If they can get that quality return for Zion Williamson, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think there's a there is definitely a pathway that Zion gets traded this season. Uh, from from the Pelicans, I don't know. Like Zion's a generational talent, the way that I Is see he? him, and yeah, when? Ge- like when For, he plays, like, yeah, when he plays twelve games, yeah, when he plays, I just I don't see a team like New Orleans. I tell you what, if Zion played for the Lakers, 100% he would not be there at the end. If Zion played for the Knicks, 100% he wouldn't be there. But I treat New Orleans like a team like the Grizzlies. I think the man's stuck there um, unless he chooses not to re-sign. So. Yeah, all right. Mickey Dell, what about you, mate? You reckon there's a chance that he could be moved? What would you if – you're, if you're a GM, do you think he's an appreciating asset or a depreciating asset right now? I'd move him right now while his value is high. I think with the weight that he carries and with the injury issues that he's already got with his knees, I'd move him and get something now before he does the Greg Oden. Yeah. That's my fear. I, I feel like he's – there's no doubt he's – you look at the top 10 guys. This, this, we'll wrap up last season part with this one. Your top 10 guys, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Halliburton, Kyrie, Curry, Tatum, Shea Gillis-Alexander, Shea Durant Lillard, who didn't even play the last part of it, Tyrese Halliburton, Kyrie Irving, like you said earlier, Matty, Steph Curry is in there. We've mentioned him. These guys, these are these are the top 10 guys. Zion Williamson, he should be in the top 10. Zion should be a top 10 player. He should be a top 20. But he's not available enough to put up the minutes, the stats, and the opportunity that you want. And that's why other guys in New Orleans end up keep on getting better and better value all the time and keep on getting more opportunity. Because Zion's not available. Like you said, Brando, what, like availability is, is is key. But what are people giving up for Zion? Like, I feel like he's stuck there. I feel like New Orleans aren't going to get what they want. And I feel like um, like people aren't just going to mortgage it. You're not trading Lamelo for Zion. No, the asking price, I think, is going to be way too high. There's no way teams are going to want to take a punt on a bloke that plays 20 games a season. Uh, as, as good as he is and as, as much potential as Zion has. I mean, the, the potential is limitless with how good this guy could be if he stayed fit, but he hasn't. And he's shown us that he can't stay fit. What's going to change if you, tra- if, you tra- if you bring him in, you draft him, you sell your future like, uh, you know, like Utah or like Minnesota did to get Rudy Gobert? Could be the same kind of trade and it could look exactly the same. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, look, let's say he comes back. He plays... 14 games, looks decent. Not great, not not. He's getting back in NBA shape, and he gets injured again. Surely they're going to be out on him after that. That's another season of unavailability, and there's, like, potential that just goes out the window for the Pelicans. I think if you're, 
if you want to move him, you have to move him early. Because I think yeah. the longer the season goes on, the more risk there is that that workload's going to catch up with him and he's going to end up injured again. And like you said, Matty, as soon as he goes down, his trade value diminishes and he's stuck on the sidelines in New Orleans again for another season. And then you've got to repeat that cycle again next year. And they're just going to be sick of it as an organisation. I guess, I mean, he's looking at, yeah, he's one of our younger players. We're looking at, like, the, I mentioned him earlier. Let's look at sophomores then, I guess. But guys who are, like, early on their journey, who are we looking at rookie-wise, I guess, from last season moving into their sophomore season? Who are you picking up and who are you looking at with opportunity their second year? Matty O'Brien with the eyes. Woo! Who Andrew Nembhard. Andrew Nembhard. You going Nembhard? You going Paces? Yeah, yeah, I'm going paces. Again, like when when people zig, I try to zag. And when people are looking at, you know, all these big names, and, yeah, I'm not looking at Nembard in the fifth round, in the sixth round. And I know we're talking about 12-team 12, uh, 12 comps when we're talking about our rounds. Um, I'm looking at him as a sleeper in the ninth and tenth round as somebody that I can keep all year and can be really good. Of course, this will impact if Indiana do trade up and take a Scoot Henderson or someone, somebody like that. But I just think I just really liked what I saw from him last year as somebody that was trolling the uh, the waiver wire and picked him up and played him when he got the opportunity. I just yeah, think I that he's somebody. Yeah, I just think that he's somebody that can play some really good footy throughout. The, uh, really good footy, really good basketball throughout the year. <laughs> Uh, Mickey Dell, who are you looking at, mate, next year? Like, you loved a couple of the young blokes early on. I know that you I mentioned did. earlier you picked up Jalen Duran um, mm-hmm. for some minutes. That's a log jam at the Pistons. But yeah. new leadership there, who are you looking at? No, I'm still – I'm probably off Detroit a little bit, given that you've got Duran, uh, you've got Wiseman, you've got a lot of bigs there that are stealing minutes off each other. I'd want to see – what Monty Williams is going to do with that rotation. I think there'll be a better team this year, but I still don't think they're going to be all that fantasy relevant right from the start. A big that I do like, who's into his second season, Walker Kessler from Utah. Yeah, he's... He was, un, he was unbelievable from probably, probably 25 games onwards. I was lucky enough to trade him in for a bag of peanuts. He wasn't playing at the time. Annoying. And yeah, I took, took a risk on him. And uh, there was a game where he had 20-something boards and eight blocks. He's someone that you don't need to run the offense through, but because he's so big and he's got a good nous around the rim, he's going to get you 12, 14 points on a really good field goal percentage. He's going to get your rebounds. He's going to get your blocks. He's a really good all-round player that I'll look to target again this year. In 23 minutes a game last year, he was at 720 field goal percentage. Um mm-hmm. 8.4 rebounds a game, 2.3 blocks, an assist, half a steal, um, barely any turnovers. I mean, obviously, he's Rudy Gobert 2.0. Obviously, Utah yes. just love a massive guy who can block shots, get some rebounds, and, but here's and score the thing, around the bucket. On Walker Kessler, towards the back end of the year, we saw him start to stretch his range, and he was shooting threes as well. So, yeah, he took to me, few, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at him progressing into a potentially a better Brook Lopez. I love those stats, and I think that that's the reason that people – that's why people are going to be watching Inside Fantasy Sports because who the fuck has time to watch Utah Jazz games? Mm -hmm. Um, 
like genuinely, genuinely, like if you have a KO subscription, you're not watching Utah Jazz games. So yeah. we're going to watch them and we're going to pick up those guys, you know, from these teams that nobody watches and you'll be able to get them at a steal. Um, yeah, I love it, Mick. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, mate. I reckon he's definitely one to pick up. I, I think he'll fade a little bit. I mean, let's, if mm-hmm. you think about like Prime Gobert for similar stats, he's going to have more opportunity in Utah this year. Um, where was Prime Gobert? Late second, early third round? Late second, that's yeah. The, yeah, and that's where those stats were you were finding. So you're going to get him, like Prime Gobert was anywhere late second, third round, early fourth of the latest if you wanted to block up that field goal percentage and lock down that cat. Um, you, won't get Kessler, you won't get Kessler there. You'll get him in the later rounds. So I reckon he's definitely someone to possibly watch early this year. We all know all the good centers were gone by round three. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, you know what? It was like watching a Western movie with the, uh, with the tumbleweed going through all through the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you were taking guys like Jakob Pertl at 80. Walker Kessler is a better option. 100%. Um, what about you, Bruno? Who are you looking at second-year breakouts? I um, agree with Mickey. I had I had Walker Kessler here as well, pretty high on him. But another guy I, I don't mind this year is Keegan Murray. I feel oh, like he, he had a pretty good uh, pretty good first year, but I feel be. like there's so much opportunity over at Sacramento now with, with how they're going. Um, I feel like maybe this is set up for a good little debate later, Matty. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, he shot 1.5 more threes than any other person, any other rookie last year. So he shot well. He shot two and a half threes a game. Uh, He looked the part. He's knocking down 2.6 threes a game as well. You're spot on. So, I mean, when you look at the opportunity in Sacramento, obviously it's a Fox and Sabonis show, and you've got guys like Herder that'll, they're the role players in that team. But I think they do need a reliable third option. Uh, Keegan Murray started to show a little bit of that at the back end of last season. So I feel like now coming into his second year, there's a big uptick opportunity for him. So, uh, I mean, he's ranked in the eighties at the moment, I think, Mickey. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. And especially if they don't pick up Harrison Barnes moving forward, he'll yep. certainly be the third option and his overall progression will see a huge uptick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Barnes is an unrestricted free agent. So there's a lot of, like like Matty O'B says, there's just an opportunity there for him. So if they decide not to sign him, he's unrestricted. He can do whatever he wants. So he could show that he's out of the organization. He could he could run it back. But like that contract for Matty, like for Harrison Barnes, great Barnes is in the Sacramento area, in the Bay Area. But yeah, you're you're spot on there, Breno. I think I think he has a really nice opportunity this coming season. And I think Mar- he only had he averaged twenty nine minutes a game last year. Like that, surely there's a little, a few more minutes on the table for him this year. Especially if, like, yeah. like Mick mentioned, if Barnes goes, uh, you know, he averaged still five rebounds, twelve and five with a couple of assists a game. I've, honestly, that could turn into fifteen and six very, very quickly. Um, so I reckon you probably got maybe ten to fifteen um, spots. You could probably pick him up a little bit earlier. Look, yeah, and he's available. He played 80 games last season. Like, he was a healthy bloke. There's nothing going on with him that's not right. I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm looking at those guys who have the opportunity this second year to probably improve on their first performance. I'm going to do it to myself again and probably look to take Jabari Smith Jr. I'm, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Stupid. 
I am. I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to look at him. I just, I like his game. I like how it came into play the second. The second that I traded him, he decided to play well. He got a launch pad. And no, I'm not taking him early. Like back with Matty OB, I'm, I'm not taking him early. I'm not. I'm not looking there. Like, look, I'll even bring up. I'll I'll put myself on blast and say there's, I can't even find where I took him. You 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 find it, but there's a point in which you should take everybody. Whether you're playing yes. a comp where where you have twenty per, people per team and you've got fifteen and you go three hundred deep, there should yeah. be a point in which you take everybody in the draft and you shouldn't discount it. Uh, but Jabari Smith Jr. is not if we're playing a twelve team twelve man league. Oh, I took Jamie. him in the sixth round with the 12 pick. Gee, I think there's a, there's one soundbite that perfectly sums this no up. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. I am. I'm so ready yeah. for you, Jabari. Please don't hurt me. It's, um... <laughs> it could pay off. That could be a massive punt, though, that pays off. Look, I I think he'll slide. I picked him up in the sixth round when the rookies started going off the board last year. And like Maddie said, it's like you look at the opportunity where people start going off the board there started to be a bit of a rookie run. We all know rookies go off about the fourth to fifth or the sixth round, which gets me to a question. We'll finish up with the uh, when we get with the rookies thing in the next season. Where do you take Wembanyama? Let's let's jump straight into like a 2020 like three 24 season preview in a little bit. Where do you reckon punters or you are even taken Victor Wembanyama? Because I'm looking like to look at last season. I'm not going to take him in the sixth round, but if he's there in the eighth because people are out on him, I'm like hey, he's not that's value. I reckon he's not there in the eighth. He's Victor Wembanyama is not going to no, be no, no. there. No, no, no. I'm talking Jabari, Jabari Smith Jr. Oh, yeah. He's around sorry. there. But he'll slide back a couple. Yeah, he'll slide back a couple, I think, after last season. So yep. he's an early tip for me to be looking at around that seventh, eighth round, like one round later than I took him, because he was like fourth, fifth round value the last month of the season. Yep. Where are punters? Like, Matty, where are you taking Wembanyama? Which round? Straight if answer. Where sits- are you taking if he sits there at pick 40, I'm tempted, yep. but somebody will take him before me. Mick, where are you taking him? If you, you, you're draft pick. Yeah, I reckon late, yeah, 12 team league, late third. Yep, late third. Brainer? You know what? My, my whole take was he's not going to be a top 60 player. He's not going to be a top 60 ranked player this year. Because he's not going to be. I don't think he is. From what we've seen, look, the guy's a monster. He's a freak of nature. Everything that we've seen about this guy is he's the next LeBron James. He's the next. He's probably got the most value since LeBron James entered the league um, from a draft perspective as a prospect. Zion. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean. Did Zion die? (laughs) How did that go? Just double Um, check. I know. But that just goes to show that the things that you're saying is correct. Like, there wasn't the hype from LeBron until Zion come on. And, like, where is Zion right now? Like, that's why I'm not taking the pun on Victor Wembanyama because I like to win leagues. Um, at 25, I'm probably taking somebody else. Yep. Somebody else will take Victor Wembanyama. I, I won't draft him in the first – if he falls into the fifth. It's the earliest I'm taking him. I just don't – I just not, don't believe – I just uh, you won't be there exactly, so yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy him. to let him go. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm I'm okay with that. I feel like there's a little bit more upside. And look, we know how much people love to overreact to rookies. And don't get me wrong, Wemby's going to be some sort of crazy NBA player. Like we know how good he's going to be, but he's not proven at that level yet. We haven't seen him play at that level. So I'm more than happy to watch 
initially. If he goes off and he is what everybody says he is, then great. You know, I've missed the boat and that's okay. But uh, on the off chance that he doesn't turn out to be the guy or he takes a little bit of time to get going, I might be able to pick him up in a trade when he starts slow. So I, I feel like maybe that could be the – well, that's probably the play for me. Yeah, you know what? That's not, that's not too bad. I, I'm probably right there with you at the end of the day. Um, people are going to want him on his, their roster. Matty, Matty's 100%. Like, the people are going to want to take him early, but, oh, yeah, I got Wimbenyama. But that goes back to, like, the like, oh, I got him. He was great. I took him in the third round. Yeah, but was he value at the third round? Probably maybe not. Maybe he gives you four fifth round value at the end of the day. And, and if you're looking, like, Del, Mick Dell said this a few times. If you're looking at a 12-team league and you're looking at the fifth round, that's top 50 NBA players. <coughs> so are you looking at him being the first rookie NBA All-Star since, what, Shaq? Was Shaq the last one that I can remember? Is that doing my heating? I don't think Zion got there their first year. Can someone look that up? When was the last NBA rookie that got in there? That's... That's tasty. But that's like the kind of thing we're talking about. There is a road, there is a path for him to be like just unworld, otherworldly talent. Like he is an exceptional, like talented young man. Like Griffin. He's, yeah. Yeah, I'm not jumping over a Kia unless they give me a car. Um, yeah. So he could probably a, reach from he, one side to the other, though. Yeah, he could. He could be a gun like Jamarand as well. So. All right. Got so, his stats from the Euro yep. League here. 21.6 points, 10.4 rebounds, two and a half assists, 0.7 steals, and three blocks per game. In the NBA, so, that was in the Euro League, so it's going to come back. Is that going to translate? You got to remember, he's going to be a little bit older. He's down at seven foot four with a seven eight wingspan, with another with a an NBA preseason. Is he going to be able to average you a double double? Yes. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah, he he can, a hundred percent he can. Look, that's that's the problem that I'm having with Wemby, like taking him early. Like if I'm, I'm flirting with you taking him in the third round. If I if I have if he's there in the third, I would take it because if you tell me that an NBA player is going to come in and score me twenty three points a game, give me seven eight rebounds. So this is like re, like this is like reduced Euro League because and there's also mm-hmm. the Spurs, so they don't have a lot of you know options. So if you're going to give me like what 22, 23 points a game, uh, seven, eight rebounds a game, let's say two assists, he's going to do it on let's say five hundred field goal percentage because he's got some range. He'll knock down one point five threes a game, maybe. Give me a couple of assists. Give me some extra dimes now and then when he's pitching it out of the post in a pop system, which is what Spurs basketball is, um, and get me one point five blocks. Is do that you know who not- that screams? Yeah, like that screams Chris Stapps, Porzingis, all over. It does. And where is he? He's a top 25, top 30 player at the end of the season. He uh, and a healthy season for the Wizards last year. So, do you trust? Are we talking in four years' time, or are we talking next year? I'm talking next year. I I think he's. I think he could profile as doing a 20 to 23 points a game next year, but seven to eight. but just remember, when we're looking at NBA coaches, they're going to be – who else do they have to target in other than Wemby? Like, when you and I go well, to get basketball – yeah. When you and I go to basketball, Matty Garrett, we go, okay, we're not letting this guy that scored 30 points last game score against us this week. Let's make the rest of the guys score against us. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs have fucking no one. K- 
can I be completely honest? They are just going to be trying to slow down Wembenyama, which is going to put pressure on this. Let's be Do honest. Do the Lakers lose Austin Reeves? They've got the budget. So let's say they bring in. Let's say they bring in Chris Middleton. All right. So there goes my Vassell theory, like right out the window, real quickly. But let's say they buy yeah. someone. Look at that big board. Look, if you look at the big I board like- that we were all chatting about earlier, they bring in someone. They've got money out there to spend, right? So let's <laughs> say they spend. They get one guy. They pair him with Wemby. They've got Vassell. Trey Jones, Malachi Brown, and they've got a whole just bunch of guys back there. They've got Keldon Johnson. They've, they've got guys who can... Keldon Johnson's play. already better than Vassell. And uh, Jeremy Sokan's going to be a sleeper. But you would you rather Jeremy Sokan shooting? They're just going to be focusing on Wemby, and Wemby's not going to perform to the level that we think. You're not going to take him at 25th. He, somebody else is going to take him at 25th, Matty. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take him in the 25th, but he comes back to me at the end of the round, wherever I am. I'm, I'm looking at him in the third. I, I mean, if, if, if he can even get, like, again, 20 points a game, like, even 18, 18, 7, 2, like 1.5 blocks. If he can bring on the defensive end, that's going to increase his value for me and get him that but value. Why are, you t- why are you taking a guy that's going to put up Chris Stapp's Porzingis numbers when Chris Stapp's Porzingis is already going to be there? Because he'll probably break. Who says Wembenyama won't? Yeah. <laughs> Same. Let's be honest. Let's talk about this because I haven't had a, look, a deep dive into his injury history or anything like that. But the guy's seven foot fucking four. He's seven foot four, and he probably weighs about ninety kilos. Like the guy's thin, thin as anything, and lanky as anything. And we know how that kind of ends up. And and honestly, I'll be very surprised if he plays a full season next year. Yeah. Look. He's if his body's not ready for it, the NBA is. Uh, look, I he moves he, well, though. Yeah, he, he moves well on a court. He's also used to playing basketball at a more mm-hmm. professional level than, I guess, say, you college players. I mean, like, the Euro League is a Euro League. Like, we've all seen that, like, those Euro League guys translate very well over to the NBA. They bring a, a, a skill set. Mick, Mickey's right on there. When he brought up his numbers, and I'm listening to that, I actually had to look up his Euro League numbers. Um, he profiles well. So, look, I'm just... I'm going to be tempted. I probably won't. And then we all might be sitting here at the end of the season going like, yeah, you know what? Jeez, we were wrong. He's pretty bloody good, this one, man. Yeah, I'm a guy. And we could have taken him in the third round, but yet someone else took him. So that was yeah. it. Um, Risk-reward. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. Risk-reward, 100%. Brano, hot take for next year for you. Oh, uh, well, I mean, my Victor Wembanyama not being in the top 50 was one of them. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. I reckon, is going to be top 40. Fantasy asset next year. Very nice. I think from what we saw from the difference in stats from Phoenix to Brooklyn, I'm going to quickly find them because they're at the top. So he averaged 39% from three, 17, four, three, one, one at Phoenix. And then after the trade to Brooklyn, he averaged 26, five, three, one, one and 47 and a half percent from the field took five extra shots per game. So that obviously the opportunities there, the shots are there, the usage is there. Uh, obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie's not a, a guy that's going to chuck up 20 shots a game. Someone's going to have to do it. And we've seen that Mikael Bridges loves that high usage type basketball. And he might get that opportunity depending on what Ben Simmons does and when whether he turns up this year uh, and what their roster looks like. I feel like Mikael Bridges is in for a big one. Look out. He, uh, ben Simmons was posting workout pics yesterday. I'm playing basketball, mm. kids. Look out. I mm. play basketball. Has the video, the yearly video in the offseason come out where he's starting to shoot threes at practice again? Don't read into it. I got burnt by him last year. Yeah. Look, me too. That was in one of my lessons for the year. 
because I did a trade that involved Cat. Uh, I did a trade that involved getting Cat and Simmons. So I traded away CJ, Draymond Green, and Claxton, who was doing really well on blocks. And I got Gary Trent Jr., Cat, and Simmons in that trade. So all three of those guys went down injured, and there was my season done and dusted. I think you, I would do that trade again though. I think you yeah. won. That. I would too. The upside yeah. was there when I did it. It just didn't. It just didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't pan, but it was there. Mickey, what about you, mate? Big, uh, big, uh, big hot take this coming year. LeBron gets traded. I broke up with my ex girl. I, I think it. Tough. I think it happens. He's what thirty eight, pushing thirty nine. The LA Lakers want to stay relevant and pick up some pieces to make that next push. Without the draft picks, I think their next first pick's twenty twenty nine. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they still got that. One. I, I think. I think they've almost got to move him, get some assets back. He's not going to play every night. I think you've just got to center your team around AD now. Yeah, I think he's Maddie. As a as a as a as a vehement Lakers hater as anybody else there that I know. By the way, shout out to our Lakers I lover. Do. Can I just say the the Hawk, Robbie Kennedy, who's not with us today? Can I just say he's a massive <laughs> Lakers fan? I'm taking massive advantage of that. Now, that you are. Not <laughs> being here. I was nearly going to say that. See, but let's just leave that where it is. Um, yeah, look, I don't think LeBron gets traded. I think you keep playing one of the greatest of all times. If anything, if the Lakers lose basketball games, at least they sell a lot of jerseys. Yeah, so um, if if I had a hot take to come into the year, I think it's that campaign's a top 80 player. Um, You're stupid. That's <laughs> not happened. I you mean, if there's... Top 80? Do you reckon the Nuggets... Oh, hold on. Now, look. Phoenix, talk, talk me through that. Talk me, talk me through campaign being like that relevant. I think that if you get rid of Chris Paul, um, obviously there's a reason they want to get rid of Chris Paul. Um, I don't think that campaign is that good of a basketball player, but I think he's going to be out there on the floor with the likes of, um, of Kevin Durant and whoever they bring in. DeAndre Ayton is a fantastic basketball player. I think the campaign's going to get the opportunity. I think he's going to be holding the ball. I think he's going to be a top 80 player. Just a big take. You're asking for hot takes, so I'm getting. Yeah, I am. That's, you know what? You're. You know, there's a path to that because he's got to be pretty much be out there and pass the yep. ball to one of the greatest scorers of all time, or maybe it's, two of them. Because I'm presuming that they want to get rid of CP3 yep. because Kevin Durant wants to bring in one of his buddies. That yep. is the take. I is am. there a is there a world where they bring in another? Guard small forward, Booker plays point. There, there probably that's, is, and that's, that's probably yeah. the play, but we're getting spicy with it. Yeah, that's it. Where do you reckon he, like, where's the options for him to go? McDell, like, you're an old head. You love you love quality players and veterans coming into teams and leading it. You mentioned it earlier on. There's, there's, a, there's a window. I think it's like the 24th, 25th of June that they've got to make the move. So they can either buy him out. I think it's going to be like about sixteen million, and they can stretch that over five years. And then new ownership, which is pretty solid. Maddie's like, uh, smooth, smooth. Um, they can stretch that over five years, but that's getting rid of a guy and paying money. You can trade him before then, and that's an asset yeah. on books to move around. Where are you going with CP three? 
CP3, I believe, goes to Golden State and Jordan Poole gets traded. I think CP3 will be the backup point guard at Golden State. I think they'll yep. surround some shooters with him in the second unit. I think Golden State look to try and draft a centre by the name of Derek Lively, who played at Duke, who can stretch the floor and play some interior defence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the possibilities for um, Golden State, even with Bob Myers going. I think, I think it still looks relatively, relatively good for the Warriors organization. I think Green, Thompson, and Curry stay together for another season, but yep. I think Pool goes and CP3 comes in. So, do you then, as the Suns keep Jordan Pool? that's another guard on your books or do you flip him for like Matty was saying, like another wing, someone out there like to fill in that small forward position? Well, if... I, I, I still don't think Aiton stays with the Suns. I you think reckon Aiton gets gone? moved. As, I think Aiton's gone. You could tell well, by the body language. Every year. Yeah. Last year, this season just gone. His body language was ordinary the, the, towards him. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there, does and he? You, he no. And you look at the way that previous people or players have played in organisations before they've moved on. They just looked disinterested. Aiton yeah. was exactly that. There was a, a big clip that came out with him. He went for a rebound, got inadvertently pushed out of bounds, no call, but just stood there and watched the other team. I can't remember who it was against. Just watched yeah. them fighting for a rebound two, three times. Might have been against the Nuggets. Um, yeah, he, just, he doesn't have it either. No, he's... And, look, I, yeah, go on, go on, Brandon. I was just going to say, and Frank Vogel, when he obviously took the job, there came out in one of his first press conferences and said that for his defensive scheme to be successful and the way that he coaches his defensive scheme, uh, he needs a, a rim-protecting centre. And I think that's glaringly obvious what, what he's saying in that position. And I don't consider DeAndre Ayton a rim-protecting centre at all. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to be looking for somebody um, mm-hmm. through free like, out, through, whether it's case. through... Honestly, like that kind of player, I think. Um, could no, be very that, interesting. Oh, my boy. <laughs> you like you my boy, Mo Bamba. I've been, right, I've been riding the Mo Bamba train for about bloody yeah, four years now. When he, he's like, when, he'll, be, he'll be available. I don't think he's sticking around in LA. He's... When he took that two-year, 20 million deal from Orlando to stay there, I was pulling my hair out. I'm like, mate, you must not want to be successful. If you want to stay at Orlando behind all of these other guys, they've got Wendell Carter Jr., they've got Benchero now, like that. They had so many bigs in that system there. And they had bloody yeah. Robin Lopez as well at one point. Um, right. and, and then he re-signed with not getting any minutes. I was like, mate, come on. Now, I'm glad he ended up at the Lakers, but he won't stay. But, yes, I, I am head of the Mo Bumba Appreciation Society for this season. I'm hoping he gets some opportunity this year. I love Mo Bumba. One, two, three, four, five. No, I reckon, I, I reckon it's what I reckon we're going to have a massive overhaul. In fact, I'll get on. We are going to do, as we said, a podcast for every single NBA team. Um, one of our mates, uh, Nathan Hand, he's uh, on one of the Suns podcasts over in the States. He'll come on and do the uh, the Phoenix Suns preview because he is an absolute rabid Phoenix Suns fan. And God, he must feel woeful every year when they come so close, but then they fall apart. And I don't know how hyped he was after getting Kevin Durant, but look, I just I think we're seeing major changes over in Phoenix. Like it's that new owner syndrome almost. Like let's just change everything. Let's change the coach. Let's change the center. Let's change everyone. But I reckon you're onto something. I reckon Booker's going to run a lot more of that ball. Um, there's there's opportunity. I just don't see a roadmap for campaign um, being a top eighty. I, but I definitely see him being more relevant this year. 
I, I don't know if top 80 will get me there, but I definitely see there's a, so, uh, a hot take. So I'm not drafting him top 80. I'm hoping that he ends in top 80. So I will be drafting him. Uh, like round 12, be... 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, like yeah exactly. Because yeah. nobody's going to take him before that. I'm just, yeah, trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, I'm going to pick guys in the round 12, round 13, whatever comps we're playing. Um, yep. I'm going to try draft guys like that that I can see the upside in. And I see the upside. Like Alec Burks? I've drafted Alec Burks in yeah. plenty of comps. I've drafted Alec Burks in comps that have won. So, yeah. I, I, think, my, this year. I, still, I think that my biggest fluke of all time was still winning last year after Cade Cunningham going down and drafting him to at the turn. I was the first pick. Yeah. And I took him end of second, turn of third as a double up and still salvaging my season with Cade Cunningham going down. By riding Killian Hayes up and down like I was a, like up, like a seesaw um, was absolutely yeah that was good magic. Um, my big hot take is Tara Eason becomes the player that we wanted him to be last year. This year, I see him being the starting small forward um, or power forward, um, probably small forward over in Houston, and I see him making his way to a full time minutes guy um, as part of that organization. That would probably be my number one. I think I think I think we're into some Scotty Silas has come over there with an agenda. I think we're going to see genuine basketball played. There has to be a winning. I think Houston is going to make a shift in culture from sucking openly to making some winning basketball decisions. I reckon they've got the. I reckon they've got Silas is out. He's done. Um, I reckon Udoka is going to actually come in there with a system and a style, like. Look, I'll, I'll put my hand on my heart and say, yeah, I've taken Jalen Green because he just throws a lot of shots up and sometimes I need points. And so I've taken him. And God, his efficiency breaks my bloody heart every single time. But I just think if you put a starting five out there, if James Harden goes back, you've got to get rid of Jalen Green. So there's like that's, there's no way you can keep those two. But I like Tara Eason to come in for some late round value to have some more dependable moment, minutes, especially based on what he could do in the uh, preseason comps. Because he was one of those guys, he was one of those, like, Matty, you've said it, mate, those waiver wire guys, you just pick up and hope you can ride for long enough. Yeah. Like, if he's a starting five guy, like, there's going to be a path to him. And he can play quality. And he actually looks like he cares about the game of basketball. And Yudoka loves that stuff. And look what he's done with small forwards in the past. You, you know what I rate? The fact that everybody on the Houston Rockets is young enough that none of their wives will sleep with Yudoka. <laughs> Pretty sure it was one of the owners, wasn't it? Who was who? We still don't know. Is that like we still don't? Know. I was like, um, yeah, it was some know. executive or something they were saying. Yeah. yeah, that was some executive, whatever. And it was uh, not reciprocal at the end of the day. Mm. But it was reciprocal, and they started a relationship. We we don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's outside of my pay grade. One, one of my things is, I reckon, one of my hot takes is absolutely look at the Houston Rockets about becoming a more legitimate basketball organization this year. I think they've got. A new coach, they've got a new system, they've got cap, they've got so much potential to move. It's an absolute show of it right there, right now. Like honestly, I wouldn't if, want to touch it with a ten foot pole. If they if if they get James Harden, I am so off them though. Oh no, I, I don't want Harden back in City. I, I would like Harden to stay at Philly. I think him and Embiid is an absolutely lethal pick and roll combo. I reckon that they've done well enough. I think the guy there to move is is Tobias Harris. Um, 100% I reckon Tobias Harris. His contract is so massive that if they can get off that and get some talent in and spread... Look, he played. He showed up in the playoffs, to be fair. 
like Tobias actually played some decent basketball in the playoffs and actually helped salvage it. But, but he's Tyrese basically Mac- more expensive Jeremy Grant. So Exactly. So if you can get a guy in and replace that with a role player, give those minutes to, like, like Harden and Embiid are absolutely, like, they can run it. Like, and, look, Embiid probably, look, your MVP, debatable Joel Embiid, but he's not going to have the same season as he had last year. But he's been dependable now for two or three. I don't actually hate it because I understand the way that he, humans go. We as humans want to bet on the underdog. And you know what? Nikola Jokic had just won MVP for the last little while. Um, yeah, we wanted somebody else to win it. The guys that were voting wanted somebody else to win it. I don't actually hate it. He was the second best player. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, he's, and again, like we're talking about like a three time in a row then, MVP. And like, you know, ANZPL, Mick Dell could be MVP any day of the week. Yes, you are, the big horse. But if we give someone MVP three times in a row, we're saying that they are undisputably like one of the greatest talents of all time. But Nikola Jokic might well be. When the, when his career is played out, we might look at him and be like, you know what? That bloke was an absolute top 10 talent of all time. I, I want to put something to that or corroborate yep. that. The difference between Jokic and Embiid, Embiid is a better scorer. Jokic is such a better teammate. He incorporates his teammates. He makes better basketballing decisions. The reason why Embiid beat Jokic for MVP is because his talents are better on social media. Boom shakalaka! Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'll, I'll break that down. That's that's 100% where it is. Like They've been pushing for that for two seasons. I would have actually have had Joel possibly win it last year and Jokic mm-hmm. get it this year. The fact that that was a tactic by, by Nicola and the Denver Nuggets to suck like I was, I'm a Nikola Jokic owner. I've taken him number one when I've taken or in the top three picks. I, I love, I love getting Joker. I'm sitting there watching, going, "Can you please play basketball? Can you, can you please like?" But then again, we're we're talking about a guy who doesn't impress when he scores like 20 points a game and eight rebounds and six assists. He doesn't because yeah. he's just a walking nutcase of excellence. Like the guy is stupid. Like he is just, he grabs the ball that high pick and roll. Like if you watch him up at that top of that keyway. He picks that ball. He grabs it with just one hand because he's so big. Puts it up, down, looks around. Mm-hmm. The dribbles that he doesn't even dribble the basketball. He took 2.8 dribbles, I think, in the game that they lost against the Heat. 2.8 dribbles. That was the That's most all. dribbles that he's had in, in NBA playoff history for him. Per possession. He doesn't even get the ball bounce around a couple of times. I think James Harden does like 137 per second. Like the yeah. guy is an absolute freak. Of, he's a genius to watch on the court. That's it. We'll finish up with our last hot takes. Quick hot take. Buzzer beaters to finish up. Buzzer beater time. Breno, what is your last takeaway? Or who is someone early on that you're looking at for the coming 23-24 uh, season? Mm, shit, I used them all. I'll tell you who I'm not looking at. How about that? Uh, I'm, not looking at Trey, I'm not looking at Trey Young in the first round. Not even close. Now, and I said I would get to this. And yeah, I've got I dogs barking in the background. Yeah. I've got all sorts of shit going on at my house. So, but I, I don't like the Trey Young DeJounte combo. I don't like it at all. Uh, I feel like they're, I feel like DeJounte fits into a, a scheme a lot better. It fits into a, a, I guess, set of tactics a lot better than Trey Young does. Trey Young relies on a lot of pick and roll, a lot of kind of ISO ball. Um, and we saw that Trey Young's efficiency last year was as bad as his rookie year. 
It was actually uh, when we look at his statistics, if I can find them, it's his worst field goal percentage and three point percentage since his rookie year. Forty three percent from the field, thirty three point five from three. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, and at one point Trey was ranked second overall, but at his worst he was ranked ninety eighth. So his his season was very up and down, and I remember specifically losing. I think it would have been two or three weeks worth uh, of matchups off the back of Trey Young throwing up nine from twenty six. And um, if you want assists, great, you'll get that. But then you're going to be tanking field goal percentage and and other things as well. So I I don't know. I, I drafted him at nine this year, and I won't be drafting him again. Yeah, Nicky, what about you, mate? Big big hot take, big 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 thing to finish the season. What do you reckon? Like, give me a juicy point. Sabonis so will be a top five fantasy player next season. Oh my god, it's so juicy. He was. That was I was. Yeah, I like that. Not maybe top five, but I like Sabonis. No, I really like him. I think with the way him and Fox have gelled, people were bagging out the Kings organization for getting rid of Halliburton, but it's worked better for them. They look such a better team with a quality big in the side. I think Fox will be top 20 as well. I think their one and two is top three in the comp. So, yep, Sabonis top five. Look, I ended up, I, I picked up on that. That was back to that Sabonis turnaround we were talking about with Kate Cunningham. My team, I had Jokic. I like out of positions, and I think this is something we're going to really do a deep dive in for one of our episodes coming up very soon. Out of position. Like, if so, if I'm drafting a center, who am I getting assists from, maybe? Because I know that from a center, I'm going to get high field goal percentage or generally a pretty decent field goal percentage. I'm hoping for blocks and rebounds. But where am I getting those other things to feed the other categories so I'm, like, good across it? And, yeah, Sabonis, look, he was a top 25 talent last year in fantasy. I picked him up at the back, so I got him pretty much where he finished. Is there a chance he can elevate his game, though? I'm not sure. But if you reckon so, McDell, there is a, a – if he can become more efficient with less fouls, he goes up. He sees more minutes mm-hmm. on the court. More minutes on the court gives you more opportunity to score, pass, right. rebound. He got in a lot of foul trouble. I remember doing my head. He fouled out of a lot of games. So if he can cut down the fouls, his value is going to spike up and he could easily make a jump four, five or six players because that's a one rebound a game, one assist or a potential another stop or steal. Um, sure. Maddie, what about you? Look, it's not really in the high ends where I look to make my move. Uh, quite often, yeah. I'll just take the best available player and then on the fly formulate my draft from them. So yeah. say I've got the number one pick, then I know I'm going to take Jokic. Say I've got the 10th pick, I'm going to take the, I'm going to rank the top 10 players and then take the guy that I think is the best player there and then formulate my draft from there. But I do think Jeremy Sochan is going to be a top 100 player this year. Um, I think much like what you think that um, Devin Vassell is going to make that jump, I think Jeremy Sochan's a better fit beside Wemby. And, yeah, I just see him just being a guy that's going to make that huge leap, somebody that you can take with the last pick of the draft. The year that I won basically every league that I played in, I got Desmond Bain with the last pick of the yeah. draft, uh, which was in that year where obviously he put the league on notice. Um, 100%. Yeah, I think I'm going to throw my chips in with my last pick on Sochan this year. And look, I I'm, think I'll, it's going to yeah. help me out. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll join you there. Look, Devin Vassell ended up being the 74th ranked player last year, 70 top 75, top 78 player. Um, 
that's with a whole lot of games missed. That's kind of why I'm looking for that upside again. Like I'm looking to take him around the same to have the season that I wanted him to have with more availability. Um, my hot take is the Spurs are gold. The Spurs will be an absolute gold mine in the 23-24 season um, because everyone's eyes are going to be on Wembenyama, 100%. But what makes him excellent is going to be his teammates. So Trey Jones, like as you said earlier, Jeremy Soka, like sheesh, Duke and Ball, Vassell, Keldon Johnson, if they get a free agent in, they're looking the good. So my big takeaway is I'm probably looking at teams like the Spurs uh, and Chet Holgren. I am looking at the I am looking at that pick as it was taken in this year. Because if you tell me that Chet Holgren was in this year's NBA draft, uh, you're looking at him possibly being the number two pick over Scoot Henderson or or Miller. So you're you're looking at again the same pick this year. So he's the talent. Not that he's forgotten about, but he's been put in a year of work. Cade Cunningham. So I guess my hot take is I'm looking for the guys that didn't live up to the expectation of last year and where I can get them for value for this year. So Cade Cunningham, people might be a bit reticent to be like, oh, he got injured. Well, that's great. That's going to be value for you there I'm looking at. But I'm definitely looking for Chet for my rookies, which are going to be Chet Holgren. Because remember, he's still eligible for rookie of the year. If Wenman Yama goes down for 15, 20 games, like you said, Brano, because he gets hurt because he's just so big, Chet's big too, but he's just rehab from injury. So he could come back in. He could end up winning your rookie of the year this year. Like there is a there is a pathway that Chet Holgren ends up taking that down in OKC because he had incredible chemistry with Josh Giddy. Like he had incredible chemistry with him in all the preseason games that they were playing. Like he was looking like so minted. And then he went down in that uh, game against LeBron over in Seattle in that old court. So look, I'm definitely looking at the Spurs and Chet Holgren. Um, things from last year that I wanted to see happen. I'm looking at them happening this year. I think I just think there's a road path with that. You're going to get real value on those fringes there. Sure. Yeah. Boys, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Look, we've got a whole bunch of podcasts coming up for the NBA Fantasy. Look, we're going to do some custom uh, Pimp My Teams. So during the NBA season, we will have guest podcasts where we will pimp your team. We'll get a couple of us legends in there to have a look at your team and look at what you've got, what you need, and possible trade targets for you to pimp your team. We're going to do some ADP shows. We're going to go through sleepers. We're going to be like breakout shows. The guys you absolutely want to avoid, and we've touched on a few of them today. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a podcast for every single team. We're going to do some previews as well. We've got a whole bunch of the lads from the Inside Fantasy Sports and some of our mates who are legends, including Skitty, who's been over on the AFL. He is chomping at the bit to get into NBA because it's a it's a sport we legitimately love. And I guess that we all found our uh, I guess we found our friendship through uh, NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. So we absolutely cannot wait to get amongst it and give you some more absolute first class insight. To help you win your leagues and your NBA fantasy seasons. Boys, thanks so much uh, for your time. Good on you, brother. Cheers, guys. Cheerio.